Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. Today we take a break from that to talk to a real movie star businesswoman who's got an incredible story to hear. Let me just thank you for tuning in. No matter how you hear the show today, just know that we prayed for you. We prayed that something we say today will cause you to stop and really think about how you connect your faith to your work. You know, we've all heard about corporate values, core values, value statements, value propositions, values, values, values. What are the values if they are upheld will make the biggest impact on employees, customers, and vendors? What's really important about those values? That they're formulated? That they're written? That they're posted on the walls all around your office? No. 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 We all know that values are valued when they're lived out by the leaders in any organization. Top-down examples flow through a company like a flash flood runs down a mountain. When a company lives and breathes its core values, employees flourish, and therefore customers and vendors flourish too. Is it a biblical principle? Absolutely. Is it a kingdom principle? Absolutely, yes. Today, Dina Dwyer Owens joins us from the Dwyer Group. The Dwyer Group is a parent company of eight franchises, such as Mr. Reuter and Mr. Electric. Dina serves as the co-chairman of the board of the Dwyer Group, and she was featured in an outstanding episode of Undercover Boss back in 2012. It brought both Martha and I to tears. This vaulted her company and her values to the media forefront, along with her. Why? Because Dina lived out those values in front of millions of people and transparently as she secretly served under franchise operations. Dina has just released her latest book, Values, Inc. Dina Dwyer Owens, welcome to I Work For Him. The neat things that you get to do in in blessing people and in finding out the reality of what's really going on behind the scenes. It's... It's what a great, every it, business owner should get that privilege. You're right. It, it's a powerful uh, opportunity, and it's in its eighth season, which is pretty amazing. And one, one thing I've got to tell you and Martha and, and the listeners is that um, we weren't invited to be on the show. Nobody was knocking on our door saying, hey, we want the Dwyer Group to be on the show, because we've never branded the Dwyer Group historically. We now have a, a new overarching brand called Neighborly, and maybe we'll talk about that later, but... Um, a couple of my friends had been on the show, and I thought, now, what a wonderful opportunity. We need to ask if we can be on it. And so we, we actually did our homework, and we found out that um, the viewers were, were wanting more people of color and more women as CEOs. So I qualified, right, a woman mm. at that time running the uh, male-dominated business. But we also studied most of the um, two seasons prior to us contacting them, and we found that only two bosses even mentioned the word values in their entire episode, and it was within a, a sentence or two. And my, my mission for going undercover was to find out where our values really making it to the front lines. And, and the, the interesting part about this is they go through, uh, if I understood them correctly, 80 CEOs to find one that they'll get on the show. And it's not so much because they're not all qualified or capable of being on the show, but most of them say no. 
most of the CEOs don't want to be in a vulnerable position, uh-huh. and their boards, because many of them are large companies, their boards are like, there's no way we're going to expose our company that way, where I'm like knocking on the door saying, hello, <laughs> would you consider the <laughs> Dwyer Group? We have a great story. We really want to find out if the values are at work. And, and in my mind, the worst that could happen is we'd uncover something that wasn't going well, and we would implement our values to fix the problem. So what a great opportunity to really prove how values do work. So you mentioned in an article that I found written about you out there somewhere that your your that your number one mentor is Jesus, and then your dad, uh, and I love that. How does it work to have Jesus as a mentor? Well, if you think about it, Jesus is the greatest leadership role model of all times. If if anybody's read the Gospels out there, they know it. And so when I think about who better to follow than the greatest leadership role model of all times, and so in my mind, he is my mentor, and and believe me, I. I'm the one that the priest or the preacher is always talking to <laughs> during the <laughs> sermons because I need so much help, right? I always got to get better. And, and so I just find that if I stay focused on, um, I guess, the old bracelet, what would Jesus do? It's a great way to think about uh, decision-making, but our values support that. Our values, as you said earlier, are biblically based. I mean, we don't, we're not preaching the Bible as we promote and instill the values, but we're living the Bible. I've had many people that are part of organizations say, you know, you guys really live what the Bible is. And we're not perfect at it. So I want to also say far, far from perfect. It starts with me being a very imperfect human um, and then an organization that strives to live up to these values, but we'll never be perfect at it. It's always a work in progress. Dina, you've just released your book, Values, Inc. Values, Inc., you, you, I imagine you spend a lot of time. I mean, it's all based on your four major code of values that your group of Dwyer Group franchises not only displays but lives out each and every day across the country. Where did these code of values come from? Yeah, well, our uh, founder was my father, Don Dwyer, and in 1981 when he founded the company, he knew he had to start with very clear values. Uh, he had studied great leaders his whole life and learned one of the things that all great leaders had in common was they had clarity of values. They wrote those values down, and they worked hard to live those values every day. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away of a sudden heart attack, after just taking the company public, um, this was in 1994, uh, we knew one of our greatest challenges was to keep this culture special was to keep the values front and center. So we took what Don called his code of values, and we operationalized them. Today we call it living rich. And the rich is uh, the, the four areas, core areas, so respect, integrity, customer focus, and, of course, one of my favorites, having fun in the process. Is the book a really good next step to get to know um, what you lay up for all of your companies? Yes. Um, values, Inc., and, and again, my tagline is how incorporating values into your business and life can change the world. So if, if there's even a listener out there that's not interested in uh, business ownership, this applies to anybody. It can be a, mm-hmm. a single mother. It can be somebody running a not-profit, not-for-profit organization, or somebody that's running their own business. So the book really lays out um, some specific detail about what do we mean by respect? What does that look like in, in an organization or at home? Uh, what do we mean a bit by integrity? So I think where many organizations where leaders sometimes fail is they use words to describe their values, but then they don't give a clear explanation of what they mean by those words. Mm-hmm. And we're dealing with a new generation. You think about the millennials, and now there's another one after that. I forget what they're calling them. Um, you know, they, they might define respect differently than Jim, you, and Martha might define mm-hmm. respect. So at Dwyer, what we've done is said, 
This is what we mean by respect. What we mean by respect is speaking calmly and respectfully without profanity or sarcasm. We mean acknowledging everyone is right from their own perspective. Um, we mean respond timely. So, you know, we get very clear about what we mean by respect. So it's not left up to any of our employees or franchisees to decide what they think respect is. And, and I think that's one of the great things that the listeners can take home if they were to read the book is to really drill down into understanding how do you take your values to a whole new level and really practice them at home and at work. Well, and let's let's dig a little let's dig a little a little into these four core values, these four code of values that you guys live by. So let's talk about respect because because you have there's a great story in there. But I want to just ask a couple of questions. I, I I'm just picturing um, as these guys are reciting them at the beginning. I can't remember which franchise it was, but they were they're all the guys stand up and then they had everybody recite the the, the code of values before they headed off for the day. Which which one of your franchises was the, the guy actually? They, they all had to memorize them and they're all saying them out loud. Do I have that memorized right in the show? Okay, forget that. Right, you do. You do. One of the things that that we've done that makes it work at Dwyer, because I think there are, uh, most organizations have a clearly written code of values or code of ethics. The problem is, is they don't put them to work. And it's not because they're not good leaders. I think what happens is most people are overwhelmed with, now, how do I put this to action? How do I make this become part of our DNA here in our organization? And what a franchise company does is we take what's most important and we create systems around that so that the systems can be replicated. So with the values, after our founder passed away, we created the new operationalized values. We said, what system can we put in place so that these don't die with the next CEO? Mm-hmm. And so anytime we have a meeting of three or more of our team members or our franchisees, our vendors are included in this, we slow down. It's like taking a deep breath, and we review the values, sometimes all 15 in our case. Sometimes we'll focus on one that maybe we really need to work on. Maybe we've gotten some feedback. We're not doing so good at it. So what you witnessed was a franchisee, a Mr. Reuter in Atlanta, Georgia, starting his meeting off by reviewing the values with his entire tech team. You know, I just to speak to that, um, I would believe that a lot of that has to reflect back to the fact that you're one of the core values that you're working by and living by is respect. And you've probably shown a lot of respect to other people, and therefore it's reciprocated. Don't you believe that that's a part of the process? I, I absolutely believe that. And if Jim's ready to challenge me on the beep game, I can tell you a quick story about <laughs> just how that, how that does work. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that, I love that story because it was right after you guys acquired Harmon Autoglass. And, and I know about Harmon Autoglass because I grew up in Minneapolis and they were a, they were an Autoglass company up that way, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, and you're introducing the core values and you're telling people about the beep game. Go ahead and tell that story. Yeah. So when we came up with the new operationalized values, this was 20, gosh, 22 years ago now. Our founder passed away 23 years ago. Um, you know, one of the things that we did initially was we, we asked our employees to catch us doing something wrong. So we knew the only way the values would really work in an organization at that time, maybe 125 employees, was to get the buy-in of the entire team. So we laminated the, the values. We handed them out in a meeting. And we said, look, we think this is a solution to keeping our culture special, these new operationalized values, but they're new to all of us. So the six of us on the leadership team need your help. We want you to study these values, and any time you catch us violating them over the next 90 days, we want your feedback and the feedback came in the form of a simple beep. And I know it sounds silly, but it's amazing how powerful it was. First of all, the employees 
even if they never really studied much in their life, boy, did they study these values because they <laughs> love the idea of catching us doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys might remember the Roadrunner. You may be too young for that. but Oh, oh yeah. no. Are you oh, yeah. kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Roadrunner and yeah. Riley Coyote? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love that one. So for 90 days around this campus, it sounded like the Roadrunner was racing through our buildings. We did such a bad job at those values. And so this group that I met with, it was a town hall meeting with a bunch of new new employees that we acquired with the Harmon Acquisition. Um, I taught them about the Code of Values, and I, I w- took them through a mini, what we call a Design Your Life class that we do with all of our new franchisees to help them get clarity about their futures. And, and then at the end, I opened it up for Q&A. And this one young man at the back of the room asked me a question. He was a, kind of a real smart aleck. And I responded in what I thought was just a very firm and frank manner. Two people in the room beefed me. Remember, I just met them about an hour earlier and told them the story about the beef game. And I said, why are you beefing me? And they said, because you were sarcastic. And I said, tell me more. And they said, here's what the young man said. Here's how you responded. And, and it came across as very sarcastic to us. I had never realized that I came across as sarcastic. And it was such a great eye-opener for me because it gave me the opportunity to apologize to that young man. I said, I didn't have any intention to be sarcastic with you. Please accept my apology. And this is in front of 60-something people. And he came back and he said, ma'am, I should have never asked the question with the attitude that I had. He said, well, I'm sorry, too. So your point, Martha, about when we hold ourselves accountable and we show mutual respect to others, it is amazing the respect it commands. Mm-hmm. When you let somebody know that um, you speak calmly and respectfully without profanity or that's what you try to do, it's amazing how people who maybe use profanity a lot <laughs> begin <laughs> to clean up their language when they're around you. It's just, mm-hmm. and they even admit it. They go, yep, I almost said the, uh, you know, whatever the word was. <laughs> and I caught myself because I know you don't appreciate that. And I'm not here to judge you. Um, you know, that's my attitude. I'm not here to judge you, but I really don't appreciate it. It does nothing for me. What was the greatest thing that you learned uh, uh, about your franchises in action? How consci- conscientious they are of taking great care of the customer. I can't tell you how many times, and it didn't show up on the final um, episode, how many times those frontline team members when I was with them said, gosh, I hope the customer's going to love this. Gosh, I hope the customer's going to be happy with this. They were so concerned, and two of them, when I got in the vehicles with them, they pulled out their Code of Values cards, and the first thing they wanted to teach me about was the importance of leading with the values. They said, this is how we treat one another, and this is how we treat our customers. So I had to play dumb. That was really hard to play dumb about the values, but I was, gosh, I was elated sitting in the, you know, the passenger seat thinking, yes, this is what I was hoping we'd run into. So really, and I'm hearing throughout all of this, is that really transparency and vulnerability are underlying core values for you because even the conversation you had with that gentleman that asked a sarcastic type question, um, you didn't get defensive. You said, tell me more. What did you hear? And so Mm. being very vulnerable vulnerable as a leader um, goes a long ways with all of this. And so I just want to encourage you with that because I love it. It's fantastic. I love. Go ahead. I'm just going to say it creates trust. You know, yes. if you've ever really trusted someone, um, my guess is their characteristics were that you could always um, know that they were going to own a mistake when they made one and uh, have no problem being humble about it. And that's what it creates trust, and it's difficult to, to get trust, and it's uh, really hard to get it back once you've lost it. So yeah. uh, all the leaders out there, they're all leaders that are listening. Uh, just remember, people appreciate when you're vulnerable and you're willing to, to own a mistake much more than trying to cover it up or hide it. 
And, and that is, if, if we could all learn just that one lesson, the world would be upside down if everybody, just if everybody going to church, not even everybody that's a Christ follower, if everybody going to church would just be vulnerable and, and honest and authentic, man, it would change the world. But as Christ followers, we've got that opportunity every day as we go to work to recognize it as our mission field. And that's what you've really done. You've taken your mission field, these franchisees, 2,800 franchisees, and you've, you've created a code of values that will help them live it out each and every day to really bring glory to God, whether they want to or not, because they're living out kingdom values. Isn't that true? It is. You know, we're, we're a franchise family. We're not just a business here. Uh, we really are a family of employees and franchisees who truly care about one another, but care about our customers. You guys were talking about customer focus earlier. And, you know, we... I wouldn't be sitting here today as co-chair if it weren't for our customers. And, you know, we first have to take great care of our employees. We think about them as internal customers. And then they take great care of our franchisees. And then they take great care of the end-user customer. And it's just, a, it's just a beautiful thing, right, when everybody's treating people with respect and dignity, how in, in a business situation in particular, the profits always seem to follow when you do those things well. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I Work For Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.